Hi, friend. Welcome to the Yet Mothers podcast. I'm your host, B. Firstly, I need to apologize and explain my random mini hiatus. I needed to reestablish my publishing weeks to offset other events I have regularly scheduled. I should have announced it. It kind of happened very haphazardly, but hopefully every other Friday from this point will be the norm. So with that said, let's jump right into it. As I've shared in nearly every episode, my husband DJ and I have been on our fertility journey for a few years now. We are not yet out of this valley, standing on the mountain peak overlooking our struggle. I believe one day we will be living the days we prayed for, when the rumbling of little feet and hearing mama more times than I can count fill the air. I can't pretend like there weren't times I found it difficult to stay rooted in that belief and hope as it pertains to our fertility. To be completely transparent, glancing back at the path we've walked, it's impossible to miss the massive altar I unintentionally built. Stone by stone, stacked as an ode to motherhood, to the child you have yet to meet. When you're in the throes of heartache and break of infertility, it's easy to let everything about it consume you. Every thought and decision is cross-referenced back to conceiving. Dietary choices, daily OPKs, trying every tip and trick on the internet, scheduling intercourse, every blood draw and medical procedure. Honestly, it gets exhausting quickly. But you think of the joy you'll feel when you finally see that positive pregnancy test, the feeling of your belly growing, the first ultrasound, seeing your spouse become a parent, and all that exhaustion gets ignored. It gets pushed down and away as the altar you're unknowingly building continues to get more intricate. And all the things you end up doing for that altar, all your efforts become ritualized. All to lift up an idol, your own personal golden calf. It's a tale as old as time for anyone who has been on this journey for a bit. At one point, everything I did revolved around getting pregnant. I researched and ingested all I could about conception. I bought bulk packs of OPKs and pregnancy strips. I would plan out intercourse with DJ to align perfectly with when I thought I was in my ovulation window. And then for two weeks, I would fixate over every symptom. I would Google every symptom in association to pregnancy, convincing myself it was a legit pregnancy symptom and not just PMS as if the symptoms for both aren't the same. Then came testing time. I would take an at-home test, see it was blatantly negative, and then proceed to stare at it and recheck it throughout the day, convincing myself I could see a faint line. Not only that, but I would take the test in secret and hide it, stealing away moments to sneak off and look at it just in case. I would look at forums daily, looking at other women detailing their own obsessive tendencies, seeking out stories of women finding out they were pregnant after several negative tests, after having a period, after having no symptoms at all, all the while not even realizing just how my desire had turned into obsession. This obsession weaved itself into so many different facets of my life. I remember so distinctly DJ expressing exhaustion when I was detailing our schedule for conceiving that month. 
We were putting freshly cleaned sheets on our bed and DJ looked at me with such crestfallen eyes. He told me he felt he was just a means to an end. That us being together should be fun and because we want to be, not because we have to. That it all had become a chore. I remember initially feeling so bewildered. Did he not understand all that I had been willing to do thus far for us, for our fertility, every poke and prod I had undergone, everything I had endured, all the time I had dedicated toward this? And so I stopped scheduling and timing everything. Well, I stopped verbalizing it out loud. Internally, I still did all the mental math required to figure out when the most optimal time would be for conception and kept to my own plans and intentions, then rewind and repeat the same cycle from before. My continuation to do what I was doing, living in this toxic little cycle, on top of not hearing my husband and taking his thoughts to reflect on what I had been doing, should have been enough to uncover the altar I'd built in my heart and the idol I was placing upon it. But because I put our conception above everything else, nothing else mattered. I was blinded to anything else. It should come to no surprise that being on this journey impacted more than just my relationship with DJ, but my relationship with others. I was so focused on my experience, on my struggle, I neglected those I loved around me. As I detailed in a previous episode, (laughs) Blue says hi, (laughs) my friends who were finding out they were pregnant tiptoed around me, afraid their joy would shatter me. And to a point, they were right. Although I could maintain a mask of excitement, on the inside, it felt like a stab through the heart. They were getting to live my dream. And even though some shared in their own struggles to conceive, my selfishness would only show me my own. This golden calf of sorts we've created stands before us metaphorically, and although our purpose is different than that laid out in Exodus 32, the relevance to idolizing is the same. Whether it is motherhood or a baby, the hyperfixation of our desire becomes an idol and without care taken, can distract us and remove our gaze off God. As I've discussed before, that is basically a one-way ticket to bitterness, which can and will ripple outside of yourself. You having a baby should not come at the expense of yourself, your relationship with your spouse and loved ones, and most importantly, your relationship with God. Remember Exodus 23, you shall have no other gods before me. And Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. When desire becomes obsession and effort becomes incessant striving, could you really say you have not made an idol out of it? Could you really say you haven't prioritized something above or before God? If my asking that bothers or offends you, then maybe you need to check your heart and your headspace and see where you have been prioritizing your time and effort. Who or what have you been giving attention to? Besides praying to ask for your desire to be met, did you ever pray for anything or anyone else? If you're in a space like me where you've been able to get 
all the tests done and seek all the specialty help, maybe even pursue IUI or IVF, did you ever even say thank you to God for provision and availability? My intention is not to be harsh or judge you because, as I've already confessed to, I was right there too, praying for nothing and no one else but my own womb. And before anyone gets on me, I'm not saying you will not or cannot get pregnant if the shoe happens to fit. I am just trying to help you become aware of your heart posture so that if you're in the same boat as me, waiting for your child, you won't lose sight of what matters and risk succumbing to bitterness or resentment toward yourself, your spouse, or even God. I will say, it can be difficult to recognize if you've fallen into idolatry. It may just feel or look like a strong devotion or motherly commitment, if you will. It doesn't help that In faith-related spaces, we've become accustomed to hearing that marriage and motherhood is a women's highest calling. Well, what about those of us who won't ever marry or those of us who are struggling to get or stay pregnant and those of us who may never have kids of our own? These kinds of statements can be shattering and inadvertently encourage idolatry. When a role or position is upheld in such regard, it is in essence placed upon a pedestal. I'm not saying we should not think highly of the roles of wife or mother. Like, hello, I would very much like to hold both of those. I'm just saying putting it on a pedestal, or better framed, an altar, makes an idol of those roles. What inadvertently happens when those roles are idolized is the unspoken lesser-than position of those who do not bear those roles. We can see this in multiple places in our lives, including the church. Those who are unmarried or without kids are usually expected to participate or contribute to more things that take up a good portion of their personal time, which is then written off as, well, they don't have a family. My guy, even without a spouse or children, they do very much still have a family and other responsibilities. But I digress. In line with this, when motherhood is held to such a high degree, and again, when I say that, I mean idolized, those who are not yet mothers can be susceptible to internalizing this idol. Becoming a mother turns into a pinnacle to strive toward. Their identity is then found in motherhood or becoming a mother. When their identity is not in Christ and becomes anything else, here comes creeping everything dealing with insecurity. This can include associating fertility to self-worth, placing value or lack thereof with the belief that their body can't do this one thing it was uniquely made to do. After living this struggle, cycle after cycle, it seems to be the main thing anyone ever speaks to you about. Just feeding into that misplaced identity and insecurity. I need to say this, and I hope you hear me. You matter, and you are capable of so much. Your desire to be a mother is a wonderful thing. I applaud you for it. Being a mom is no easy feat. 
And I say this as someone also on the sidelines waiting. There is so much going on in every individual life, let alone this country and this world. And still, there you are, just wanting nothing more than to bring new, beautiful life into a world that can seem so dark and daunting. Your struggle is not the sum of you. You not having your own biological children or children in general does not mean you lack as a person or somehow causes your womanhood to diminish. I would like to remind you all that even with Genesis 1.28, when God says to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, we see time and time again the scriptures detailing infertility. God knew this would be something many of us experience. He knows and he sees us. To this point, we can read mention of women with no reference toward having any children. Not to say that they definitively didn't have any. I'm just saying that they were relevant and had purpose even without attribution to being mothers. Meaning their identity was not in their role as a mother but steeled in Yeshua. Even if the role of mother is never yours to claim, you are important to God. You are loved by God. And you can and absolutely will still be used by God. Nothing is wasted. And for those who hurt in their hearts because of infertility or any other related reason, no. God does not relish in your pain. He does not seek out to hurt you so deeply. And personally, I feel the statement, everything happens for a reason, is exceptionally callous and insensitive to those who have experienced depths of heartache and pain some of us may never understand. This paints God in such a villainous light, which is so far from the truth. Friend, I encourage you to take inventory of your heart's posture. Review what is most important to you and where most of your time and effort is dedicated to. It would be silly and unrealistic to say completely forgo your desire and don't even think about wanting to have children. You, like myself, can have a desire for children while not making it our entire personality and world. I would warn you that idolatry can happen so quietly, you'd be shocked by the complex altar you've built. I think it's important to be able to identify this in ourselves and other women in our lives, and then in love, tear that altar down in community. And yes, I say that encouraging you again to speak out on your struggles. There is no shame in this, and there's so many right where you are who have or are going through the same thing. Lean on someone to help you if you can't see your own altar. You'll come to see that once you've torn that altar down, you'll find yourself in a place of surrender, submitting the weight of yourself and that desire exactly where it belongs, at the feet of Yeshua. We are not meant to live in anxiety and striving. You'll see that once you lay it all down, 
you'll have a peace you didn't think possible. That peace does not mean you'll never experience a day you're called mom. It just means you won't live in internal turmoil and chaos in your waiting season. I hope you know I say all this in love and from my own experience. That is literally the reason behind this little production, to share all the information I've accumulated, which includes not only health-related, but heart and mind-related. You should be healthy, present, and peaceful when you conceive so that you can hopefully carry that into your pregnancy. Holding a growing life inside of you can be stressful enough as it is. Let's not add to it before we get to walk through it. Who is to say that if you idolize motherhood now, you won't idolize it later? Or if once you enter motherhood, you find yourself lost because your identity was in your infertility struggle and you don't know how to walk out your new role? Or, heaven forbid, it ends up not being what you thought it was And now your altar comes crashing down when you have this beautiful little miracle depending on you. Before we close out, if you'll receive it, I'd like to pray for you. Abba, thank you for your goodness, for your daily mercies, your unending grace. I thank you for the desire to be a mom that you placed on my and other yet mother's hearts. I thank you for those who are mothers who desire to have more children. I thank you that even when we've made these idols in our hearts, you have not abandoned us or left us to our own devices. I thank you that we can come to you persistently with our wants and desires, and you do not shut us up or shoo us away. Help us, God, to see the idols in our hearts. Help us to tear down the altar we've built that is not of you. Abba, you tell us to ask and it will be given. Remind us that it is in your time that it is given. Give us new eyes to see, Lord, so that we may see our identity in you and not of any role or position. Grant us patience and peace in our waiting. Let us one day see our desire come to fruition how you intend it. It is in the holy name of Yeshua I ask of this. Amen. Well, that is all I have for you today. If you're not already, I would be so grateful if you would subscribe or share my little podcast with someone you think may benefit from it or enjoy it. And if you've been with me for the past few episodes, I would appreciate if you would leave a review. And again, you can find me and contact me on Instagram at yetmothers. Until next time, be safe, be good. Bye.